Yo, Pamela. Luke, how are you? I'm good. I've got you finally. I've been on the other end just talking to myself for probably the last five minutes trying to trying to get through to you. Uh, yeah, nothing was coming through. Sorry, man. Oh, no, that's that's sweet. I kind of thought I was talking to an empty room, but I was just going anyway. I was, I was saying some weird <laughs> stuff, so it's probably best it wasn't her. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> how you been? Yeah, good, thanks. Good, thanks. Sorry, my voice is a bit croaky. I'm just recovering from a bit of flu, but otherwise... Oh, lekker, eh? Nice to be on holiday. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you've pretty much broken yeah. for the end of the year coming into Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how sick is that? That's like a nice yeah. lead in, too. Like, you're going to be getting all your Christmas shopping done and getting your 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 hams or your ducks or your geese or whatever you guys like to cook for Christmas <laughs> in order. Like, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. I work at a school, so um, we get a slightly longer December Christmas holiday. So it's like a... What do you get? Do you get like five weeks or so? Yes. About five weeks. Man, that's so it's, nice. You know, that's a good reset, needed, huh? Though. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. I'm not doubting. Like my partner is also a teacher and some of the things that you guys have to deal with is pretty much double parenting because it's in such a crazy environment you've got to lay down the law but then in a certain way still be politically correct it must be such a hard landscape to to manage sometimes just to navigate through yeah for sure no you definitely are a second parent or a third or a fourth parent (laughs) (laughs) it's a a different lifestyle but i love it yeah yeah cool yeah yeah beautiful you obviously like working with people and kids in, in general is it primary or high school it's high school. Yeah, oh. I work in the sports department, so manage the sports program and all the sporting activities. Um, that yeah. is so classic. My partner also is a PE teacher. She doesn't manage okay. the programs per se, but she would be probably under your um, your instruction there. That's so okay. classic. Cool. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we haven't started yet, by the way. I usually just okay. like to have, have a yarn with people. I'll do a proper intro. Well, that's for sure. On, um, yeah, yeah, give it a rundown. And let's just talk bodybuilding, Pamela, like, you know, talk okay. about your new handpicked sponsorship, talk about you in the Tanned Invitational, talk about you just growing up in Port Elizabeth and then moving your way to Cape Town and just all the, um, you know, the adventures you've had along the way. Like you mentioned a lot of places, only reading up on your bio in regards to like Lakey Peak and Indo or, you know, WA Margaret River. I'd love to hear about those. Oh, you've been stalking me, eh? Oh, I do a little bit of research for sure, man. I don't want to go in here with like a dry tongue. <coughs> okay, awesome. Yeah, Wait, perfect. Just, Happy. Um, before we before we hit it off, what's your uh, sorry? How do you pronounce your last name? Balrin. So, Balrin. Uh, yeah, like, cool. yeah, yeah, Balrin. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a tricky one. No, no, no. It 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 looks nice and neat and and simple and beautiful. But you know when you just. There's so many different ways to pronounce people's names, and I hate getting them wrong. Well, I even did it in my like last night's podcast. I was thinking of one of my. I was interviewing Jack Dobson of Film and Bodyboarder from back over in the East Coast, and okay. I used his good mate's name James instead of Jack because uh, I was getting the two like mixing together. And you know when you just cringe when you do that because you're like, yeah, oh, for sure, that's a different person. Um, <laughs> yeah, flip, no worries at all. All right, happy days. Let's do this. Cool. Three, two, and one. G'day and welcome to the Riptide Bodyboarding Podcast, the home of bodyboarding. Thank you for joining us on episode 31 of our Verbal Journaling, and I'm your host, Luke O'Connor. Well, today's guest, ladies and gentlemen, is a recent addition to the hand-picked bodyboarding team. A Port Elizabeth local who now calls Cape Town home, She possesses a passion for competing at the highest level, seeing her receive the only female invite to date into the Tanned Invitational. And one of her childhood heroes, believe it or not, is Spencer Skipper. I'm talking to Pamela Balron. How are you, Pam? How's it, Luke? Yeah, good, thanks. Lovely to be on you, and thanks for including me. Yeah. Oh, man, when I saw – well, actually, when I was speaking to Michael the other day, the owner of Handpicked, yeah. Mentioning your signing and then seeing some um, stuff on social media, I was like, I must, I must talk to this person. I must see what's going on over 
in SA because, you know, always want to see what's going over on the in the mother country, so to speak. Feels like we've got such a connection to South Africa here over in Australia because of all the similarities, I guess, with um, the way we approach life as people, um, being no, in the Southern sure. Hemisphere sure. and also riding some crazy, crazy waves, including over your way, um, Tan. Can you just please give me a rundown on how it's been competing in that comp, Pam, because it looks like a pretty fearsome wave. Yeah, it, it is for sure. When I see the footage afterwards, uh, I second guess as to why I actually rode it in the first place. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a, a really awesome experience to be able to ride that wave. Um, the guys just shred it. And one day, um, Donovan Bassett actually took me out there um, before Tunt sort of was well known. And I had a free surf and managed to get a, some good footage. I think one of the one of my pictures was actually uh, posted in a Riptide magazine a couple of years ago. So then after that, I got an invite. My first invite was in 2015 um, with this, so 16, 16 riders. I was obviously the only and first female. And that year, I actually managed to make it through to the semis. I came second in my first heat, which was was quite quite amazing. And then got an invite again the following year. And my third and final invite was in 2018. So I've ridden, ridden the contest three times, but it is a, it's a super heavy, gnarly wave. And like I said, um, I don't know if I'll go back to it anytime soon, although it, it is an amazing wave, but it, it takes some balls. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. And some, some ovaries and some estrogen and throw it all around. Sure. <laughs> Man, the way you got to come in behind that peak there, like, from only again, like I, I haven't visited South Africa, and you know it's obviously definitely on the hit list, like a lot of other places around the world. Yeah. And, you know, when I see footage of this wave and when I see photos, it intrigues me a lot because you're constantly thinking to yourself, "What is the rider viewing when they're taking off? Are they seeing, you know, an open slab in front of them? Are they is 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 the rock and the kelp and the seaweed pretty much dry, infested?" volcanic rock sitting there in your um your foresight you know what I mean like how does it feel when you first take off on a wave out there yeah for sure I mean you you're watching that rock with all the eyes that you have um because if you take off a meter left or right in the wrong position then it's it's a nice free fall um so the the, the takeoff spot is super key and my my first thing is just to make sure I make the right takeoff and get past the rock. Although, um, and then you look what's down the line, whether it's a barrel or a ramp. Um, but yeah, it's really, it's really is a good, a good bodyboarding wave. Um, and pretty solid. What was the feeling like when you first paddled out in that first heat and you got second and, and made it all the way to the semis, you know, in that first comp, did you set any expectations for yourself or were you just happy to go in there with a clean, you know, open mind and, and just do your best? Yeah, my expectation was not to die, um, <laughs> but basically just to just to try and have some fun and and catch a wave or two and hopefully get some scores. Um, the guys in the water and in my heat were really awesome and just sort of almost guided me. Uh, they probably regretted that decision afterwards, but I got, yeah, I got two really good barrel waves, so got me the points to go through, but... I think my heart rate was over 200 um it, it was intense and my goal was just to go out there and enjoy the opportunity and yeah it worked out the first heat so it was pretty what pretty were the stoked. conditions like Pam? like were they were they clean did you, did you have a rising swell a dropping swell what was the oh. tide doing can you can you give us an insight on that so that was in 2015 which is a good couple of years ago um yeah sorry i'm getting real um, detailed but i'm like I just wanted to no, know. No, they were it, they were pretty like clean. It was about six foot, yeah, about six foot clean. Um, you've got to tons. You've got to ride on a lower tide or mid tide when the tide's too high. It, um, yeah, it doesn't really break or breaks on the misses a, the slab. So it's it, I can't remember if it was a dead low or if it was just after low. Um, but yeah, I, I both both the all the three years I've done it was pretty clean. The one year was a little bit sizey and more stormy conditions. Um, but otherwise it's been 
pretty solid. I mean, it's got a good waiting period and the guys check the forecast religiously to find the best day and the best tides and op- opportunities. Yeah, yeah, cool. And that's on the, the west coast of South Africa, huh? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. And obviously not giving away locations, but in regards to the weather it receives, can it be quite a harsh area to perch up in and, and search for waves? Like, is there much around it? Uh, there are there are a few towns around it, um, and it's pretty much yeah, it's west coast weather. It's not it's not too high up from Cape Town, um, so it's not reaching some of the more uh, remote locations. Uh, there's there's a town that's ten minutes away, so and there is signal, um, so it's not desolate and super remote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's the most remote place you've been to Africa, Pam? Like, has there been a trip? you know, that you've done in your your home country that's just kind of, you know, felt like it's taken you on a on a whole journey? Sure. Um, I haven't really been remote places. Look, I'd love to go and do donkey in Namibia um, or yeah. explore oh, further up the all? West Coast. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. And, and further up the West Coast. Um, but I've been as far as about three and a half hours drive from Cape Town to Lambert's Bay, Yellens Bay area. I wouldn't say it's remote, but there are, I mean, there's lots of surf spots along there where you just pull off on the dirt road and, and go surf. Um, otherwise, I haven't really, to be honest, explored the country and the wave opportunities that I know we have here. Um, not a big fan of surfing on my own, so I need to find a travel buddy to, to do that and but unfortunately, life and work is getting in the way now. So yeah, I know, man. I know. As you get yeah. older, more sponsors, more responsibilities here. But back 100%. to um, yeah. But back to when you were talking about having a surfing buddy, that is fully true, and I, I definitely back it because every time I see, you know, images coming out of SA, it reminds me a, a lot of certain sharky places around home. You can see gives up <laughs> certain vibes and and the abundance of sea life. But you know, both Tristan and Jerry. Uh, your hometown fellas have just mentioned recently that orcas have taken over, eh? Supposedly the great yeah. whites are dwindling and you've just got to worry. Well, not so much worry because it's supposed to be there at kind of peace with humans out in the wild at least. Um, you know, you've just got to worry about killer whales now. It's all good. Yeah, for sure. Um, that has been a theory that's going around and kind of what we are all under the impression of. Um, there's been a few more great whites sightings of late. So I'm not sure if the orcas have moved on or just the great whites have got braver. <laughs> um, but I suppose wherever you go, you're going into their nature and their habitat. So it uh, doesn't matter where you are in the world, really. There's a risk. Um, have you had yeah. any risky moments there? Have you had any no, moments? Touch, just, touch wood, I've, I've been safe. Um, I have arrived at a surf spot before and saw no one in the water and wondered what was happening and, while about to suit up, somebody said, no, there's just been a shark sighting. So uh, I left my suit in the car. Yeah, 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 smart move there. But I I think (laughs) it's pretty wild to think if you look at the stats and the numbers, and I I try and tell myself this all the time, you know, the amount of people that enter the water on a daily basis all around the world, you think about that and how many people are attacked by sharks. And don't get me wrong, there's unreported things and, you know, obviously out in different parts of the world it's, it's probably not as um uncommon or, or whatever i guess it you know to, to, to name one example reunion island i know they've had a huge yeah. infestation of tiger sharks and bull sharks and a whole range of um yeah just super aggressive aggressive sea creatures and yeah that's that's an example there but you know the rest of the world is super placid so my point being is it, the odds are stacked in our favor and you've got to think that like that every time you paddle out because you just yeah, can't ruin your sure. surf otherwise. No, for sure. You just make sure you're the, the not the deepest and not the only one in the water, then you should be fine, eh? <laughs> <laughs> More numbers spread out the chance. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, look, there, so, are, there are some places that are a lot more risky. Um, Pittenberg Bay has become – there's a lot of sharks there at the moment. Uh, so I, I won't – get into that water anytime soon, even though there's some really good waves there. But like, you've got to take the pros with the cons, unfortunately. And like you say, our, our chances are so minute in the bigger scheme of things. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely throw it to the back of the mind and cast it aside. Who who needs that, you know? Just live life to the full. You've got more chance of probably dying on the roads and in the water, really. Exactly. Um, but, you know, exactly. moving on from uh, a depressing topic to a gleeful topic and your recent signing with handpicked bodyboards. How's that all going? Yeah, that's been it. Sort of came out of the blue. Um, I competed in the RBC uh, Walker Bay Pro event in Onrus in August, and it was just—I mean, that was on my doorstep. I was like, I've got nothing to lose, and I ended up coming second against. There were four ladies competing for world world title at that event, and just that got me thinking. Like, flip, I've got an opportunity to try and do the world tour next year, and some phone calls were made and handpicked were, were super excited to get me on board. So I, I got some boards from them and been riding them here and there. I haven't had much opportunity in the last sort of month or two to get in the water too often, but they're going really well, loving them. And yeah, I just thank handpicked for, for signing me on board. Yeah, I know Michael's super excited. And just yeah. talking about your boards, what um what size are you riding? You know, and what's your preferred core? What's your preferred dimensions, kind of specs? You know, do you have anything you you really set on you? You really feel that works for your style and um attitude in the water, and and obviously riding. Yeah, so I've I'm riding a forty one at the moment uh, from Handpicked. And it's it's going well. I was previously actually riding a forty point five, but I think the forty one is actually suiting me a lot a lot better. Yes, more foam, uh, Pam. I'm a yeah. huge advocate of this. And Michael told me from the get go, as soon as he arrives in Australia, he's like, you've got to go bigger. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I've been sitting on forty one, forty one point five for a while, you know. And I'm eighty, eighty five kilos, eighty five when I blow out, eighty when I'm kind of, you know. <laughs> full head in the game and you, you you definitely need more foam i've gone up to a 42 yeah. and a half and have not looked back hey okay yeah i've definitely found it uh there's just i've got so, got so much more speed and control actually um so enjoying it and uh with the cape town water you've got to have a slightly stiffer board uh, sorry not stiffer less stiffer board because the water's pretty fresh in cape town um yeah but I'm not. I'm not too phased. I mean, I've never really had the opportunity to to pick and choose too much, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So just being able to ride for an amazing board company, um, kind of take what what I can get. And so I'm riding a a crescent tail, forty one inch. It's got uh, thumb grips, and yeah, it's going well. Yeah. So Single beautiful. stringer. What colors are we? Are we talking? Are we talking it, about, was it was a blue deck? There was a baby blue one I saw in the clip, I think. Yes, baby blue with a yellow deck. Ach, not a That's yellow. my a yellow. at the moment. Damn. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty sick and it's it's lacquer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bloody. Yeah. Oh, those colours, when I first saw them, I kind of thought to myself, Oi, they're looking a bit extreme and out there and and sometimes those things grow on you sometimes they don't this one yeah. definitely grew on yeah. me and by the end it's one of my favorite one of my favorite colorways surprisingly yeah, or not a, like and i also a good do color love, combo yeah, yeah see a color combo it almost just reminds you of the beach you know blue water yellow sand <laughs> yeah but for um sure. the other colorway that i love is is michael's almost kind of signature color it's almost that kind of army you know, darkish green, but it's got that d- yeah. distinct color, black rails, and it's kind of got that, yeah, mustardy green slick. It's it's pretty smick, or like that a white slick. Pretty cool. Yeah, okay. yeah, it is. It's really cool. I know, I know. I'm kind of getting a bit envious talking about it. Today. I might have to go get myself. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to. You'll have to now that you're talking about it. it means it's on your mind. <laughs> I know, I know. Hopefully, like the power of one, or you know, like positive thinking, just reinforce it. It'll just yeah, pop up sure. under the Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, the talking about you know different sponsors. Are you still on with Lapaside? Yes, I am. So that's a local, proudly South African clothing brand. Um, yeah, they everything is manufactured and bought and. Uh, produced in South Africa. So it's awesome to be part of a, a proudly South African company. Um, lots of T-shirts, hats, hoodies, uh, got some tallies going. So, yeah, really some to be part of What's that. What's going on with the tallies? 
So those are, um, I'm sure you have them in Oz as well. The they like those hooded hooded towels, basically. Um, yes. That you yeah. changing towels. Um, yeah, they some funky funky designs and wear them around the beach. Much easier to change, especially when you're a chick trying to change out of a bikini in the car park. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that must be that must be tough. Sometimes I, I honestly watch, honestly watch my partner laws. My wife, she hates when I call her my partner. She stopped doing that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like there's there's some. She's got some amazing techniques where she, she can kind of almost get nude at the beach without getting nude and swapping things in and around to still keep the private parts covered in a real respectful <laughs> manner. That like does it so well. I'm super impressed because every time I see it, I still can't remember how she does it. But those, I I think we call them moo-moos or yeah, like surf surf hoodies or like whatever. They're 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 next level. There's so much room yeah. in them. They've got crazy cool pockets and the yeah the terry toweling kind of feel is so nice and warm and snug. Yeah. You can almost just wear them around home. Exactly, and it's also super comfy. Like you say, you can add it as an extra layer if it's cold or just chilling on the beach or. Sun protection, um, yeah, they're really lacquer. Yeah, sick. Can you tell me about the, the the word lacquer? Like, you know, what does the word lacquer mean to you? And when is when when was the moment when you've most used it? You know, sure. and like, yeah, because I, I I hear it so often, and I understand and I grasp the concept, but I want to know from a South African's mouth. Okay, so, so yeah, lacquer is pretty much used on anything everywhere all the time <laughs> it's just a it's a cool it's an afrikaans word that basically means nice cool awesome but it's just a, a better way of saying it i suppose um if things are if things are good they lacquer um it just yeah it just it rolls off the tongue doesn't matter where you are in what situation um you can use it quite often, and like if you're hearing it a lot there, then you've got a lot of South Africans nearby you. Yeah, you guys say it so well. You know, it's it's even <laughs> how we say like how how I was pronouncing tan before. Like I always yeah. say tan because it's such an Australian thing. Like when I say yeah, lecker sure. or le- lecker, you, you, it it just doesn't come across with the same presence. When you guys say it, it's like. Boom! You, you know it's legit. You got that last smile on your face. Like you might be in front of a a braai or something, and you just got some sweet sausages on the cook or a good cut of meat. And yeah, it's classic, man. I I am infatuated with with the South African surf culture. Eh? Like Mikey February, for example, love him. Yeah. I know Michael loves him. He's one of his favorite surfers, and obviously all the amazing bodyboarders you guys produce. Like for for just for the battles you guys face, like, I, I didn't fully grasp it back in the day when you know people were coming over to Hawaii or doing pilgrimages around the world, and they were doing them on shoestring budgets, but also with the rand um, sure. being you know seven to nine or ten times weaker than any other US or Australian or English or whatever dollar that was going at the time. Like it was no, sorry, not. It was it was eight times weaker than the US dollar because US dollar was the, the 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 currency and the strongest at the time, obviously. But yeah, like you know, back to the point of there's just some some grit there, eh? <laughs> like there's yeah, some for sure. Real you've, grit. you've got it's, to want it and you need to work for it. Um, the yeah, the the rand is not the not the most luxurious currency, and especially when you're traveling. So you've got to you've got to really want to want to do it and pursue it and put in the hard yards yeah well what was it like when you went on tour pam like you know obviously thinking about the ran and converting it to a year on the ibc world tour not ibc it was apb at the time sorry excuse yeah. my french um no how how was that mate you know like what did you have to do to put that coin away back home yeah that was so i i decided to do my gap year a little bit later kind of then most people take it after school um I it was in 2014. So I did a bit of a, a, a traveling year and did some of the APB contests. Um, and I, yeah, I basically used my savings that I'd saved up over the my working years that I'd, I'd had to date. And, um, but it wasn't, it's, yeah, I, I try to live off the cheapest budget you could, um, still staying in 
comfortable accommodation, but not splurging on unnecessary things and just, just trying to make my way around. Um, that was the year where the tour was sort of in transition per se. Um, so I think I needed two or three contests. There weren't a lot of contests on that year. Um, but it was tough. And yeah, hopefully next year, I potentially have a backing. Um, I just need to put some figures down and look at look at some options. And hopefully I'll be able to do the full full tour next year if finances and work allows. Oh, man, that'd be epic. So that has been a goal, kind of come into the Christmas period, like get all your affairs in order and, and put everything towards the world tour of 2023. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Far out. That's, That's cool. To hear. You guys are going to have a sick year. I reckon IBC are really starting to come into their own and, you know, the growing pains and the transitions and, you know, all the history and water under the bridge. I can definitely yeah. see some, some, some good things coming. It's really cool to see you jumping on board. Like it's great to strengthen um, the female bodyboarding ranks and just kind of get, you know, males, juniors, females, drop knee and just get everyone there and as many people can make it and, um, you know, I, I, they've got the Walker Bay Bay Pro hopefully on the schedule next year. I haven't haven't seen it myself, but would there be anywhere else in South Africa you would like to see a comp held? You know, at an international level. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know they've um, we've had that Cave Rock Invitational. That's pretty a pretty consistent wave up on the sort of the Durban coast. Um, so that could be that could be a good option for a tour contest, um, a war tour event. Then like, a lot of the other places uh, are very – they can be fickle. Um, so I think Onrus is a pretty consistent wave as well. Um, there are some options there. There's a beach break, though, so you never really know what you're going to get with the beach break. Like this year, we haven't had a storm all winter up until then, and the week just before and during, there were like crazy swells and stormy swells. So um, – I suppose that's the sport we take part in. You never know what Mother Nature is going to deal with you or for you. Um, And then up the West Coast, there's some really good ways, but that's a little bit more remote. So for everyone traveling, you'd have to fly into Cape Town and then have to hire a car or vehicle to drive three, four hours up the coast. So it's not necessarily ideal. Oh, like obviously talking about remote locations and and different places of Africa. And then you mentioning the West Coast there. Imagine the thought just kind of, you know, erupted in my head then, holding a comp at the donkey sure. with GoPros, knowing the lineup stacked, knowing the like lineup stacked with swell, knowing that the sand's good, you've got 500 metres of perfection. Can you imagine the judging criteria and what people <laughs> would have to be doing to kind of get 10-point rides? It's yeah. so wild. That would be intense because there's not many – sections to hit there that's all barrel riding and control and the right waves um, yeah 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 knowing which ones are going to yeah, run that would the bank be interesting and get that ruler edge kind of vibe and yeah knowing like oh i gotta duck out here it's only 300 meters down the point where my competitor's gone five or 600 meters and i'm going to get the taxi back up and yeah. i know i need x ones like can you imagine because <laughs> it's such That'd a long lengthy wave yeah i'd love to see that happen and then all the the i'm just kind of going freestyle here but imagine having the judging replays through drones and each sure. drone each rider had a drone in the heat and they had a jeep a tracking gps kind of um buzzer in their rashi and so that would just follow them on the waves and then the judges could critique how deep they were getting and what sort of, you know, maybe even spins in the barrels, the rail control, how they're flaring, yeah. you know. You know what I mean? Like it's endless. Yeah, that would be, uh, I think that's the, that's a, I suppose the next goal, getting that super, getting more technology involved. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that would be, that would be amazing. I think there's the donkeys on a lot of people's bucket list. Yeah, isn't it, eh? Isn't it? I know. It's just a... It's a dream wave. It, it really is. It's like a a, a wave in um, oh, what's that game online when it first came out? You know, when you can pick any pro rider in the world and you bodyboarding. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It almost seems like that. You know, just so perfect. <laughs> Never so ending. Ridiculous. 
Yeah, n- never ending. But by all reports, you know, everyone says it's such a super heavy critical wave. Like, you know, yeah. sand like concrete, swell lines like freight trains, you know, <laughs> you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. You've I got... think they make it look a lot easier than what it is. And I don't yeah. think you see the beatings and the, the waves that aren't made. But I think there's a lot more of that than we realise from the footage yeah, we see sure. of the perfection. And sweeping down the points and the jackals on the beach. And supposedly yeah. a fact, this is a crazy fact that I think Osler mentioned it or maybe BP, but I think Osler's 90, almost 80 or 90% sure it was Osler, saying that people would eat on the beach fate with their back towards the waves because they couldn't actually keep watching those waves in fear of jumping up in pure exhaustion after surfing for probably, you know, five, six, seven hours trying to get food in their body. They can't actually watch it and they need to ignore it to not be tempted <laughs> to go out. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I know they do. I know they set up camp on the beach and fluids, water, food, all sorts. But I think, yeah, one has to. I mean, you don't actually realise it how long you've been out there and how your body gets drained and, I can imagine having to turn your back on it when you just see constant perfection 24-7. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think it would probably be a wise move by the end. But, you know, talking about being drained and, and talking about having critical moments, have you ever had any moments like that, Pam, you know, like where your health's been jeopardised by you partaking in the sport and, and putting yourself in, um, you know, un, unknowingly harm's way? Yeah, touch touch wood. I haven't. Um, I've luckily. I sort of. I know my limits, and if it's it's too washy or too big, or if I've been sick or unfit or whatever, I know what I can and can't handle. Um, so yeah, luckily, luckily, I haven't had any of those those experiences, and hopefully, hopefully, I won't. Um, I think the worst has been. Uh, was surfing Dias Beach. Um, in the Cape in Cape Town in the nature reserve. And it was probably a fun four foot and then next thing it just doubled in size out of nowhere. And it, it's quite a heavy wave. So took a few on the head and I was like, no ways, I need to get out of here. This is not not what I signed up for today. And it was it was just Way too intense, like you just went. Yeah, not- just because it was super shallow, and just it went from four foot to eight foot in a matter of two minutes, and uh, yeah, I just it wasn't. It, it got a bit hair raising, so I was like, "No ways, I I know my limits. I I need to get back to shore. I'll watch this from land." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel you. Have you ever had the urge though to to push your limits? You know, like I, it. There, there is that side of my brain that says to me, hey, come on, pull it back. You know what's going on. You know it's a bit how you're going. You probably should be kind of taking care of yourself. You're not that young anymore, blah, blah, blah. But then there's also (laughs) the side of me that says to myself, well, I've got more experience now. I've got more belief in myself. I understand how my body operates, you know, like you you realise your weaknesses and your strengths and you can kind of sum it up within a millisecond. And you almost spit out um, a fear index, almost. You know what I mean? Like yeah. at, at that given time, whether to pull back or to go. You know. But have you ever had that urge to kind of push those boundaries and put yourself in that situation where you do, you know, you could possibly yeah. be vulnerable? Yeah, for sure. And I think Tunt is a perfect example of that. Um, when you look at the foot, like I said, you look at the footage and you're like, cheapers, that is, looks a lot bigger than when you were actually riding the wave. But just being there in that environment and on that wave that's so critical where you take off. Um, the one the one year I actually got the Shaggy Award for the best slash worst wipeout, um, I kind of scorpioned over the falls, free fell. And I came up and I was like, okay, well, it's only near the start of the heat. I need to take another wave. So I, I would say that's probably – a good example of pushing through that fear and knowing what you you and your body are capable of. Yeah, 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 definitely. And what did it feel like taking off on that wave? Was it a 50-50 call or did you feel like you just want to get the first wave of the heat? Like what was the what was running through your mind? 
No, so it was it was my turn for because we do the rock paper scissors and sort of the priority picking order, and now it was my turn for the next set wave. And I think I just I paddled too far away from the rock, um, so your takeoff was always going to be an airdrop. Um, but by then I'd already committed, so it was there was no pulling back. <laughs> um, yeah. And I what actually was, think um, my next my next wave was I felt more of a, a worse wipeout um, where the barrel pinched right at the end and held me under for a lot longer than than that one. But you got to take like take what take it as it comes. Yeah, yeah, and and only just um, thinking about what you just said then, like getting pinched on the end and getting pushed into the deeper water. Like I guess with the scorpion, you were kind of semi on the reef, you know, obviously right on the reef, yeah. and. Um, yeah. You didn't get that longer hold down where, you know, I know there's a couple of waves that can be really shallow, but they're going to deep water. And some of the more severe beatings can be towards the end of the wave where yeah. you do get pushed into that deep water and you're kind of going, when am I coming up? Yeah, 100%. 100%. What would you, um, what would you, what would you rather? Would you rather a beating of like physical abrasions, cuts? Um, you know, things sticking into you, like <laughs> being impaled by objects in the reef, or would you rather being held down and just counting to 10, 20, 30, holding your breath and, and being calm and peace with it? Sure. That's a tricky one, hey? Um, oh, it's hard, man. It's hard because yeah. both have their pros and cons, and I yeah. think about them so often because there's times where I'm comfortable in some and there's times where I'm not, and it's like... Yeah, both are both are gnarly. Yeah, for sure. I think, like you said, there's different situations will call for different options. Because um, I, I mean, the key thing when you are being held underwater is to try and relax. But that's a lot easier said than done. Um, I think if you if I'm at prime fitness, then the hold under would be better, um, as opposed to being bashed against the reef or whatever objects are underneath the water. But sometimes that is the easier route, come up with a few grazes as opposed to out of breath. Um, I think it's really circumstantial, I would actually say. Yeah, and when you come up out of breath, you come up out of energy also. Yeah. I've noticed that that affects your surf further on where, you know, like if you do get an abrasion, it's going to hurt, but as long as it's not on a part of the body that's not rubbing against the board or a flipper while you're surfing, uh, while you're bodyboarding, sorry, I think I think that situation works more in the favour of the abrasion. I guess it's more long-term, you yeah. know, you've got to deal with it for that. But, like, yeah, the hold-down can be can be. I think the hold-down is potentially more scary, yeah. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's more scary of the fact that, like, when am I coming up and how long can I hold my breath for? Yeah. Yeah. What's the worst sure. one you've had? Like, what's the worst? Like, obviously that tan one sounded terrible. And see, I'm even trying to learn the, the way to say. <laughs> no, you got better. Well done. done. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Um, but well, what's the moment, Pam, that you've bar the tan one that you've just kind of gone, Jesus, I don't want to see that again. Um, it might actually be. We took a Tuara in Brazil. So after I took part in the World Bodyboarding Games in, oh, when was it? 2014. Um, went to Brazil for a little bit and it it was a pretty sizey Itikotuara and you had to duck dive a few good sets to actually um, to get out there. And I think just taking three or four on the head, you even though you're not held under for long, um, it does take it out of you and you need to like recover at the back before you can actually even think of taking a wave. That would be, probably be one of them. And then in the Cape Town waters, some spots if you probably hook in uh, Nordic Beach, um, you, know, you can get caught on the inside. It's a bit of a washing machine vibe there and also take a few on your head. So it's more after you've finish the wave and uh, or being dumped by a wave and then having to take a few on the head before you can actually get out to the back line. Probably say that's those are more worse than actually being held under from riding a wave. 
Yeah, that, that beachy sounds in, intense, the one that's holding you on the inside and kind of yeah. pushing you in and then sucking you back out. I'd imagine there's some 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 cliffs or some backwash that's getting created there to, to do that. Yeah, yeah, there is. It is in a little cliff, um, cliff corner area. Uh, there's a bit of a rip that does help you take you back out, but you, know, you don't want to get stuck there when the sets are yeah, coming yeah. through. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel yeah, like an obviously powerful uninterrupted yeah. swell. I felt like Nazareth for me was the one of the worst spots. Like, you know, I was still not really understanding of the European power and the tidal yeah. changes yeah. and just all the different elements they deal with over there and coming down from France and Spain and, you know, getting some good waves and a couple of big waves, um, especially in France at Le Gravier. But when it got to Nazareth, it was a whole different thing. And that that ravine that, that runs kilometres deep in the ocean there and the way it kind of funnels in those west-north-west swells, like all the boys over there just say as soon as you get a west-north-west swell and, and you've got long-period swell there, you know, you, you, you essentially have two swells in the water because you have one swell upwelling through the ravine with all this energy surging towards just, you know, one point on the beach yeah. or yeah. pretty much the cliff, and then you have the other wave on top. And as it comes to the bank, those two walls of energy meet or, or those lines of energy meet and, and almost double in size. So that's yeah. why you can yeah. have like a six-foot west or west swell, but it's 12 to 15 foot. Sure. Yeah, no, that's crazy. It, that wave does look super hectic. Um, actually watched a hundred foot, I think it was called a hundred foot wave. Um, it was on our TV channels on catch up or Showmax um, about the big wave surfing and the discovery of Nazare and, and that, and yeah, just seeing how the swell could change so drastically and exactly that ravine you're talking about and the different swell directions and, that looks like a serious washing machine on the inside, even if it is small, not only when it's big. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I think that beach is treacherous at the best of times. I have surfed it with Lozzie, my wife, like, you know, one to two foot, just fun little runners on a on a soft top um, in the Portuguese summer. But, yeah, most of the time it was it was pretty pretty wild and woolly. And, you know, there's so many stories. One in particular, Ross Clark Jones, a big wave surfer um, for the last couple of decades, Who's um, who's actually probably well known for railing up before he goes on big waves. Like he's known to actually snort cocaine and then just put himself out into the wildest Cheapest. situations because he's charged up. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a madman and he really kind of holds true to the um the old surf culture out there. But you know, back to the story, he's been pushing on that right there. I, th- I think he I think he took a right. And he tried to, to kick out, but once you get sucked into that zone, then if you ride yeah. the wave too long, especially on a 20, 30, 40, 50 foot day, all the energy keeps pulsing into that cliff face there and you can't get out. There's actually yeah. footage of it. And I would Im- employ all, um, implore, sorry, all, um, all listeners right now, you know, once we finish with this potty, to actually go look this footage up of Ross Clark Jones at the cliffs in Nazareth. It is insane. He should be dead, and he's copping 20 <laughs> foot of whitewash while he's trying to hold on to these boulders and these cliff faces and he's trying to scale the cliff to get out of there because the ski can't get him. It's, yeah, like those That's are the hectic. moments, yeah, where the ocean should take you, and he's somehow yeah, come sure. out the other side. So crazy. Sure. Yeah, flip that hectic. I'll go and have a look at that afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of those dudes. He's one of those dudes who puts himself in – Madman situations. But, um, Pam, you know, talking about all your hometown riders, who would be your favourite? You know, like I, I obviously mentioned one of your um, one of your, one of your all-time heroes, is Spencer Skipper, obviously because of his smooth style and, and the way he rode a bodyboard. But from your home, your home nation, sorry, like who's your favourite yeah. rider? I would say at the moment, probably Tristan. Um, he's probably a lot of people's favorite riders. Um, he's just so, oh, he's so dedicated and committed and just his riding is, it's like he never can do anything wrong. Um, everything's so technical and perfect and he's a very cool and exciting rider to watch. He is a, he's yeah. just a tier above everyone at the moment. He's moving yeah. so well. He's, Hitting bigger sections. Like, how was that invert this year at um, 
the Brazilian beach you mentioned before. I can never pronounce uh, it. Yeah, Itacatuara. Yeah, like man. No, no, Jesus he's, he's crazy. He's got ribs of steel there. Yeah, yeah. He's been lacing himself with like some lithium or titanium, you know, <laughs> like put the carbon yeah, fiber I mean, tennis racket in there. I've been watching him ride since when he was a lighty. Um, just he was it like he was in the water no matter what the conditions, and I suppose that's what it takes to to get to your riding at the level he's at. Um, he was in 24-7, any, any free time, and if there was something to ride, he was in that water. And just watching him progress through all the various contests, the local uh, Saba contests, and, yeah, at a whole different level to his the age groups he was in. It was pretty exciting yeah. to watch. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it'll be yeah. exciting for what he used to come, like two world titles, and he's obviously going to bag a couple more along the way. Um. Talking about the, the men, let's talk about the females. Like mm. Is, Isabella D'Souza just taking out this year's world title. Like Who do you think is going to be the um, the challenging force next year? Like Obviously, Isabella is, is, is going to be up there, as, as she always is. She's such yeah. a fierce competitor yeah, and, and clearly an amazing bodyboarder. But who do you think is going to challenge? By yourself, obviously, Pam. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say myself. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> yeah, Isabella's like, yeah, she's on a whole different level. Her writing's phenomenal. Um, I've seen, I'm not sure if a Yaka Suzuki store riding, going to ride contest, but I've been seeing she's doing a lot of free surfing and seems to be having a jaw and riding really well at the moment. But I think you've also got your your regulars that are all vying for the world title and have been for a few years. Um, Alexander Runda, Sari O'Hara, um, Neymar Covellas coming back with, with a vengeance, um, Janoshenka. I think they've all got... And they've all, I think, uh, if I stand to be corrected, but I think they've all won a world title at least once. Um, yep. Yeah. There I are think some newcomer ladies. Up. Yeah, there are some newcomer ladies that I was lucky enough to meet at the Walker Bay event. Um, but I think, like myself, we've all got lots to learn from those who've been there for for a while and just, yeah, just they know how to ride a bodyboard, hey. <laughs> <laughs> they know what's going on. They know how yeah. to get the most out of the wave and get the the points. And I guess they're probably, you know, seasoned um, seasoned competitors and know how yeah. to impress the judges. And that's why sport, especially um, bodyboarding, surfing, is so subjective. With that, you know, like I'm, I'm sure you, as a as a as a fierce and passionate competitor, as I, I mentioned in the intro, like you know, people have described me, uh, sorry, you to me as. Um, someone who really can put the head down, get it done, get in the zone and just is 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 dedicated for the moment, you know, and, and has that and possesses that ability to focus and drive at the goal, which is very hard for a lot of other people that say, yeah. you know, uh, on the um, creative free side, surfing and bodyboarding side of things, you, you know, every time I say surfing and bodyboarding, you know I'm talking about the same kind same, of same. yeah, <laughs> yeah, water sports as such. I keep correcting myself. But, you know, that's a that's a big thing. Like do you, do you feel like that's going to, you know, with that competitive prowess, is that going to put you um, in, a, in a good place next year? Like my point being, has, have you really – have you really thought this out and, and, and thought to yourself, like, I, w- I want to give it a hard crack in 2023? Yeah, for sure. Um, if if I've got the opportunity to do it next year, I'm definitely going to give it my all and give it the hard crack um, because I'm not getting any younger and I might never have this opportunity again. We'll have to see sort of what the year next year holds. And I'm generally a competitive person in nature, Um in my other sports, I also play hockey, so also quite competitive there. But sometimes the mental aspect can be uh, can be a positive and a negative. But I think hopefully it it will move in the right direction. Um, that Walker Bay Pro event at Onris, I think I, I went into it with no pressure because I was a newbie. It was on my doorstep. Um, and but just being seeing how far I could actually go and setting my mind to each heat and and the goal I wanted to achieve in each heat, even without the pressure, just shows what showed me what I'm capable of. And 
I've just got to focus on my mindset next year and not, yeah, try and still be relaxed and not get too uptight about it, but obviously try and reach and achieve those goals and and be that determined rider in the water. Yeah, and, and kind of have expectations, but also no expectations of yes. keeping the pressure off your shoulders and understanding that, unfortunately, competition in such a, I guess you'd call it a subjective environment because, you know, you've got so many different people weighing in or so many elements weighing yeah. in on the outcome of the situation. Like you can surf your heart out and you can absolutely nail the heat in regards to the waves you wanted to get or where you were, where you're positioned. But there's sometimes factors outside of your control, even say a judging panel that is enjoying someone else's bodyboarding compared to your style at the time. That's subjective. That's not to say that it's even black and white, but it's subjective and you see it time and time again. And there's a bias, you know, from, from not from just judging and it's very minimal from judging, but it can occasionally come in just because of the flavor of the month or that's on everyone's, you know, Insta feeds or like whatever. I'm, I'm not trying to pinpoint any moments. I'm just saying from a perspective as a human, that's just human nature. You know, that's yeah, just, sure. that's just going to happen. So like how, how do you, how do you, how do you negate those situations, Pam? You know, like are you, how do you get your mental minds, um, mind frame ready for the win lose or draw but knowing that like there are other factors at play like is that hard to grapple with at times yeah for sure um i think it's it's trying to work out that balance um there are some things you can't control so trying to almost i want to say ignore per se the uncontrollables and focus on what you can control and that's your riding and your wave choice and your fitness and prep and whatnot uh, before the contest and obviously then during the contest and your heats and just trying to find that space where you're comfortable and happy with what you're doing um, and then hopefully the the results or the riding will speak for itself and yeah, there's not not much one can do about the uncontrollables. Um, nature can throw uh, horrible conditions to all the riders, or the judges could be, like you say, enjoying another person's riding. But that's nothing you can't do anything about that. So almost trying to put that that aside and and not focus or dwell on that because there's nothing you can really do to change it. Yeah, yeah, there definitely isn't. You're very right. Yeah. I think that's probably the best way, the best way to look at it. I, I, you know, I, I guess you know my point being, or like my question, kind of probing at is like, is there a, a routine you um, you you consistently do during competition time? You know, is there any sort of workouts that you you really favour that you find you know helps you improve your bodyboarding? Just for the listeners out there, like you know you're competing at. at an elite level, Pam. Um, it's it, yeah. it'd be so nice yeah. to see what you lay out in front of yourself um, in a physicality manner. You know what I mean? To to kind of relate yeah. back to listeners and and they can achieve. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so out of contest time, I just I try keep fit. I do running. Need to start doing some more swimming, some yoga. Um, and also canoeing, but like it's all it's all different sort of fitnesses and and exercise just to try and keep prepare your body as best as you can. You obviously don't need to do all of those. Um, and then in terms of at a contest, I haven't actually, to be honest, ridden or competed much over the past few years apart from this event in August. But when I was competing a lot more and also my plan forward uh, for next year, um, stretching and just finding a quiet space. So before heats, in any activity I do, I stretch beforehand. So it's just trying to loosen up some key muscles, finding a quiet space. I'm not too big into a lot of the riders put headphones in and music and get into a different zone. I prefer just hearing the waves, finding a quiet space on the beach while I do my stretches, warm up, um, then getting ready. I don't like rushing things, so I generally suit up a few, 
two or three heats before so that like the heat a heat and a half before I'm actually I'm 90% ready to go um, and doing my stretches and loosening up. So I don't know if that answers or helps or guides. Um, but I suppose I've got to find more of a routine if I do compete next year. Obviously, it'll be more regular contests as opposed to the last couple of years has been very ad hoc. One contest here, another one there, um, and not as consistent. Yeah, yeah, but that's also with COVID and different other things happening yeah. around the world. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of other things that are playing um, are playing a key factor there. But you know, do do you do you ever think about breathing or meditating or, or kind of put yourself into a positive mindset before you heat? Because I know, you know, there's uh, plenty of riders out there that, that kind of do do that and almost visualize the win. And um and just yeah. play out the, the the next twenty thirty forty minutes in in front of them. Does that help you prepare like that visual kind of um you know mental state? Yeah, definitely, it definitely will. Um, like I said, I do yoga, so that definitely helps with the mind focus and the breathing. Um, before con- before heat, I do take time out to just. Su- a few big deep breaths in and out slowly and like I say watching the waves where I don't necessarily visualize the the result um, but more actually riding the waves or seeing what the, the riders in the previous heat are doing but also cool I would have taken that wave let's see how I ride it visualizing how I ride the, would ride the specific wave I'm watching um, and yeah, breathing I'd love to get more into. I've done one or two uh, sessions and things on it, but I'm not very good at then practicing it afterwards. <laughs> so trying to just change that where if I've learned something to actually implement it more in my daily life. Yeah, yeah, that's always yeah. a hard one, eh? Changing routine, making time in the morning. I've probably in the last six to 12 months kind of picked up doing – three to five rounds a morning of um, Wim Hof, and that's definitely helped a lot with just yeah, centering okay. myself a day and probably curbing my, you know, um, short temper or fuse at, at the world yeah. on certain given days if I'm tired or hungover or, like, whatever it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it definitely does make a difference, and I notice when it's not there. So then I, I – Yeah, I, for I, sure. I and you know it's know. working. Yeah, and it's that pain in the morning that you put yourself through. You don't want to do it. You just want to scroll Instagram and lay in bed or snooze your alarm for another half an hour. But it's that pain that actually kind of creates that good outcome, that earned outcome, that outcome that, you know, benefits you in the long run instead of just that instant gratification of just dopamine running through your running through your brain from Instagram. Or just, you know, just any sort of numbing activity. No, for sure. You, everyone needs to take time out for themselves. Um, and like you say, the morning is actually the best, even though you want to lie in bed a little bit longer. Um, but you do see the benefits of it later on in the day and the next day if you did it or didn't do it. Um, um, but, yeah, it's definitely one does need to take time out for yourself and just find that inner peace. Clarity, zen, state just yeah all around no head noise yeah we, um pam i was wondering if i could ask you five questions from luke's lounge sure. you up for that yeah sure sick man first question off the bat crescent or bat tail what's your preference crescent yeah yeah i think that's most people's most yeah. people's answer <laughs> um ramp or pit Ooh. More often a pit than a ramp, but yeah, let's go ramp. Ach, let's go pit. Yeah, yeah, okay. Is that because your hometown kind of delivers more pits, or like I say, your holiday house in Cape Francis? Um, I think it's just it's just the euphoria you get from a, coming out of a solid tube as opposed to landing a big maneuver. I don't know. I think it's just more. You, yeah, you're much more euphoric and super stoked. Landing a good air maneuver is also amazing, but um, and different condition, different waves in our in our country offer different things. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I totally know where you're going with that. It's 
the 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 pit is just yeah the barrel the the tube the the time warp it's yeah. Just, yeah it's everlasting in, in your mind after that like once you have a yeah, special moment sure. and kind of stays in there yeah i love it um third question we've cut out the um dolphin or designed dolphin cut fins or other design fins question we've replaced it with and i did this on jack dobson's um <laughs> potty just only a little yeah, jack remember i see i just paused there just to make sure it wasn't james yeah yeah um, <laughs> uh, in regards to the question being changed to what or who sorry is the most up-and-coming grom in the scene in South Africa at the moment? Like, who are you loving and who are you um, stoked to see in the future bodybuilding? Sure. Um, it's not so much a Grom anymore, but Robbie Berman, who did his rookie year this year on the tour, um, his riding has jumped tenfold. Um, so excited to see where, where he goes with that. In terms of the Groms, uh, yeah, I haven't really been involved with the South African bodyboarding scene of late, so it's it's very hard to to pinpoint someone specific because um, I don't actually know the the real lighties. Unfortunately, there's not many women riders uh, in our country anymore. Uh, a lot of old school riders who I try encourage to come back on this on the circuit or just do contests here and there or just to get in the water. Um, but would love to try and get more more young women in the involved in the sport. How do you think we do that, Pam? Yo, it's a, it's a difficult one. Hey, I'm hoping to to get involved in the school I work at um, from next year to try and create a little club and get some other all girls schools involved. Um, and just start from there, build it up from there. I think the problem with female riders in particular, or females in particular, is not everyone likes a competitive scene. So a lot of them started and do it because they enjoy it, but don't actually want to compete in it. Um, it takes the fun out of it for them. And I don't know how to change that. We've yeah. been trying for a while now. Um, there were some up-and-coming riders, and then they – finished school and university and life got was more exciting than getting in the water. So <laughs> it's, it's, it is a difficult one. Yeah, it, it really is. I think a lot of sports around the world have definitely suffered with the decline in numbers when it yeah. comes to the, you know, the digital age that's dawning upon us. So, you know, yeah. it's always a, it's always a uphill battle, but yeah, it's just um, it's always on my mind, you know, thinking about what is the most enticing thing that bodyboarding could promote and put out there that isn't just you know a bunch of delinquents having a good time on a beach. Yeah, like it's, yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's obviously w- way more to it than than well what I just stated, but I'm just seeing it from the general public's point of view that they're not going to really. You know, put the time and money towards it until it's taken seriously and it's like standing standing tall on its own two feet. So yeah. 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 One to ponder, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. As I've said before and I'll say it again, it's a bloody conundrum, mate. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. All right. Um question four, Pam. Beachy, reef or wave pool. What would be your choice? Definitely a beachy. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not the biggest fan of reef. Uh, some reefs, they're a little bit more hesitant or a little bit more daunting. A beachy, I just, I really enjoy a beachy. And it's, yeah. it's a wave yeah. I ride, waves I ride here or in my hometown most of the time. Yeah, and there's something really nice about having the unpredictability of a beachy. I've said it before, yeah. I'll say it again. You know, it's just so cool to, to not know what's going to happen and there's, there's so many different things that can occur in a beachy wave, you know, where, yeah, yeah as you said, reefs yeah. are predictable and they can be heavy and, and epic and cool. I'm not talking them down, but, yeah, beaches, um, they're mystical. They're mystical beaches. For sure, for sure. All right, so fifth and last question to round this out on the 31st edition of Luke's Lounge with Pamela Bowron. See, I'm just trying to just draw the bowl run out. Bowl run. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, bicep or wrist leash? You know, bicep, eh? Bicep all the way. 
who I can't yeah. remember when last I ever rode with a, uh, a wrist leash. Probably when I first started. Yeah, the age of 13? Yes, probably around then. <laughs> was it a... Um... Was it at the family holiday house? Yes, it was. Yeah, in St. Francis. Oh, oh, that's the best, man. That's one of yeah. That's one of the longest right points going around when it lines up, hey? Uh, in that's I think you're talking Jeffrey's Bay, hey? J Bay. Super nah, tubes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, yeah. J Bay is amazing, but isn't there a crazy right point at Cape Francis that was in like more yeah, than Earth? Oh, um, Endless Summer. Yes. Bruce's Beauties. Yeah. Yeah, that's a super fickle wave. Um, And unfortunately, with all the development that's gone on in and around on land, it doesn't run as long as as it used to when it was first discovered. Um, There's not all that sand blowing into the water um, to form those banks. But it's still when it does work, which is like twice a year, uh, if you can get through the crowds, it's a it's a really good little wave, but not nearly as long as it used to be. There are the morning. That is interesting to see that there wasn't identified when they first started building, and you know could see yeah. the see the potential in holding such a special place. You know, dear to their hearts. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, humans we destroy nature everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Hey, that's a, such a true statement. It's 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 harsh, but it's true. You know, like we do yeah. it very so often. We do it just for a dollar. Like it's get a dollar yeah. now, worry about it later kind of vibes. And it's um, yeah, and it's definitely wearing thin. I don't want to end the potty on a um, negative note, Pam. But I really <laughs> yeah. want to. Um, I really want to thank you for coming on Luke's Lounge. I really appreciate you giving up your time and talking boogan, chewing the fat, just. Um, getting everything out there and, and, you know, letting the listeners at home knowing, uh, you know, getting a, a further understanding of yourself and, and what your aspirations are and, and how you see bodyboarding. So thank you again. Yeah, thanks so much, Luke, for having me. I really appreciate it and given this opportunity and hopefully I'll be able to get on the world tour next year and and show some of the international riders what South Africa women riders have to offer and, yeah, just thanks to my friends and family around and loved ones and and then to Mike Osler from Handpicked for getting me on board and Debbie Patterson from Lapperside for for kitting me out in, in clothing and proudly South African brand. So yeah, thanks to those that are around me and onwards and upwards. Man, things are looking pretty lacquer on your side of the side of the hill, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I like the word lacquer there. <laughs> yeah, happy days, man. I had to slip in at some time. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Cheers, Pam. Keep cool. Well, man. Thanks, Speak Luke. Soon. Have a good one. Cheers. Woo.